0: hi my name is jen i'm a holistic nurse practitioner and i'm here to tell you that your body can heal i healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s i've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body your mind your heart your spirit and your life this podcast is for patients practitioners and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about maybe you're a little confused about nutrition advice. I'll tell my story about how the keto diet wrecked me and why not to fear fruit. So first things first, don't let anyone tell you how to eat. If you have found the gold standard for what works for you and you are feeling absolutely incredible in your body, chances are, if you are feeling that way, then maybe this show isn't appealing to you and there could perhaps be an underlying reason why you're tuning in. The second thing, I see it every single day in practice. We are led astray with trendy nutrition advice that is not backed by science and is making us sick. And it makes me sick. And the third thing, I hate seeing friends and family confused about nutrition advice. So I decided to make a podcast about it. So thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. This episode is for you. If you want to hear all about how the keto diet was literally the worst thing I have ever done for my health and why fruit is your new BFF. I present to you how the keto diet literally wrecked me. It did. I'm going to get it all into that. So tell me this, are you on the fence about going keto? Have you ever thought about it? Is it sick in the back of your mind? Like, oh, but my BFF down the street, she went keto. She lost ten pounds. She looks great. She feels great. Maybe you've tried it. And you didn't like it. Maybe you're curious. Maybe you've heard some pretty convincing literature, backed by science, yeah, that this diet could be your golden ticket to healing. Or maybe you've had a personal experience and you loved it. If this way of eating detrimental is detrimental to your vital organ health long-term, then why do so many people see results immediately upon ditching carbohydrates? Keto, high fat, high protein, lots of meat, lots of eggs, lots of oil, lots of nuts, lots of seeds. So how does this way of eating wreak havoc on the liver? Maybe you've never even heard that before. And then when is the keto diet even medically indicated? I will say just off the cuff, that some medical professionals use the keto diet in patients that have like epilepsy or seizures, and it has proven evidence. So I am talking about chronic illness, autoimmune disease, diabetes, and let's leave the specialty conditions to the specialist. Okay. So sure. The counter literature is out there bringing to light why keto isn't so glorious after all. But from my personal experience and research, the counter evidence is not the literature that's promoted or highlighted, right? So like keto gets this big, sexy rep and it's on social media and it's on magazine covers and they're selling like keto kits at the store, but all of the evidence and all of the reasoning is not promoted, just like most things in the media. So early on in my healing journey, a functional medicine practitioner recommended that I implement the keto diet for mitochondria function and sustained healing results. So I dove headfirst, just the personality that I am. It was like within two days, I'm all in. I've read books. I got into it and I ditched the carbs and read all about how keto would save me from chronic illness. And I was pretty pumped. Soon after implementing Plates full of meats, oils, green veggies. Mom, I hear you. You were right. My mom the whole time was like, uh, do you really think that's good for you? And I was like, mom, shut up. Trust the science. Come on. And rolled my eyes. Cause what does she know? She's always known a lot. <laughs> I went through the traditional keto flu just like a few days in. I was shaky, achy. I wondered if I could, should keep going. I was working nights in the NICU at Children's Mercy at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even get through like the first half of my shift. But the keto experts were like, nope, this is just part of it. You got to keep going. It was not in any way the body telling you that it could possibly be eating its own tissues or breaking down important processes in the body and, and any red flags, right? And not long after I started peeing on ketones or on the strips and it was positive for ketones on a urinary tracking device. And then I started to feel better. And I was eating all the meats, oils, healthy fats, no dairy, no gluten. I was completely paleo and only one tiny, savory, delicious, oh sweet piece of like a blueberry or like half an apple. Oh my gosh. A strawberry, like a day, like maximum, no fruit. But I always, you know, had a little bit, maybe if I thought I needed something, but then things got bad really bad. You know, my body was like just craving fruit so much, craving carbohydrates and meat started to get really gross to me, especially after I started getting these, these like weird burps. And I didn't know what I didn't know that things were not going so hot on the inside of my body. What I didn't know at the time was that my autoimmune liver completely burdened by underlying viral conditions, heavy metal toxicity, old strep bacteria, antibiotics, like pesticides. Our liver is a superhero and it like slurps everything up and it stores it. So it doesn't circulate and get into like our vital organs and our blood. Our liver is incredible and keto is a little tough on the liver. And I didn't realize that my liver would eventually crash and burn from this way of eating. I lost a little bit of weight initially, but I soon noticed I was not performing well in workouts at the CrossFit gym and I started getting like cystic acne all along my chin and not like a little red underlying pimple. It was like so painful and huge. I started to name them. I developed an odd body odor and the scent of my breath began to change, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, with AGE byproducts of keto, but basically my body was clearly under stress, but the research said keto was going to be my lifeline into mitochondrial revival and autoimmune healing. So I was going to stick with it. Okay. I started noticing my fatigue increasing. My weight wasn't budging and emotional symptoms like anger, intense anger coming straight from my right upper quadrant where lived my liver and still lives there. But you know, I had no idea at the time. I was like, what's this thing under my rib cage? They don't teach you any of this in nursing school. Am I right? Nurses? Yeah, we're right. You have to learn on your own. So I was with my lovely spiritual awakening of a keto diet that it was. So one morning I was literally praying over my body. I was standing in the shower, you know, we're all spiritual seances happen. And I had like my hands on my body. And I was like, please, God, like, I don't understand. I just, this prayer, I prayed it all the time. I was like, I will do whatever you say, God, like, I just want to feel better. If you can just show me, because I was like, this person on Instagram says this, this author says this, this expert tells me this, this doctor tells me I'm going to be bedroom sick. This functional medicine person tells me I have parasites in my liver and I need more coconut oil and more supplements. And then there was like this whole other world that I hadn't discovered yet. And I felt the spirit speak to me about my liver. I was in complete disarray about the symptoms going haywire in my body. After all I had read about going keto, I was really no longer experiencing those glorious benefits proclaimed. So I lived in my hands and I was like, what do I even do now? God, and I clear as day, you know, God's like kind of straight to the point. They're like, it's your liver, Jen it's your liver. And I was like, what? I had no idea what that meant at the time, but in hindsight, I was being guided down an optimal path for my healing. It was like liver, 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 liver. And a couple of days later on the way to my appointment with the practitioner that had prescribed this diet for me, because it worked for them. And I'll get into that in a little bit. I remember sitting up straight in the driver's seat, feeling my liver bulging out of the right side of my rib cage, I was like, what in the world? I didn't know it was my liver. I was like, am I like growing something under here? Like, it, did I pull a muscle? I was like, I don't even drink alcohol. How could this be going on? Your liver health, a lot of times has nothing to do with alcohol consumption, by the way. I mean, your, your alcohol consumption in excess is not going to help your liver, but people who never drink a drop of alcohol have a lot of liver issues. So just food for thought. And when I mentioned this new found fullness under my right upper quadrant. My practitioner just said, it's a parasite. And it gave me a new bottle of supplement support and sent me on my way. (laughs) I won't negate that there probably was an incredible like quotia of critters in my body just as chronic illness is, but in my heart, I knew another anti-parasitic supplement was not going to do my body justice. I remember like Salvating at the thought of like a green juice with apples and pineapple in it. And but I had to stick to what I was doing, right? But my body she needed deep cleansing and to utilize nutritional therapy to open my detox pathways and cleanse my blood. So this appointment with my practitioner happened right before this like turn of events in my healing journey where I had a moment, it was one of those spirit moments. I heard, throw all your supplements in the trash and leave the care of your current practitioner team. And I did because I wasn't getting better. I was getting worse. So you can hear all about my story in episode one, where I go into the details of how my intuition, the spirit really led me to the place that I needed to be, to be set free of from not listening to myself and listening to all these experts. When really, if I would have been able to tune in And release the trauma and release the voices that told me I wasn't going to be okay. Like I was, and I knew what was best. And when I listened to that, I got better. I'm looking at this picture. You can see it in the blog post linked in the show notes. But of my skin, so bad. I mean, I'm even seeing it like on my chest. I had eczema from like my chest to my forehead. People thought I was in a fire. Usually, don't get eczema, just isolated on your face. I didn't have it on my hands, my arms, my legs, like a lot of um, other people and a lot of kids do that I help treat. But man, I mean, because I know why I got it on my face, right? This is the only way I was going to listen. This is the only way God was going to get my attention. And sure enough, <laughs> it started on my chin and I was like, ah, I can handle this. And then it was like full blown in my face. So, fast forward a few months later, My fatigue had increased and I eventually became bedridden sick because I was still keto. I was dabbling in between keto and then I was adding some juice into my diet, but mostly green juice with very little fruit. And I usually started to feel really good after that morning juice. My mind was at war with my heart. My heart was like more juice, more fruit. My mind was like, shut up. You're not safe. You don't know. You need to listen to the experts and you better not touch a carbohydrate. The science says do the ketogen, but I felt like the spirit was leading me into another way. So the last straw happened for me in the winter of 2017 when I came, the winter of 2017. That just sounded like so old fashioned. Like, let me tell you what happened. So I will. And I came down with this flu like viral illness. Um, And I had had my flu help that year, we will call it. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back this virus. I was like, so sick on the couch. I remember a friend at the time had the same, I'm pretty sure I got it from them. And they were like, eh, like sick for a day. And I was sick, sick for like five days with a fever, kind of delusional and did not recover. After this acute viral illness, I really never recovered to go back to work. I had to, that was when I left my job. I wasn't strong enough to go to the gym. I remembered going to the gym, and with my partner at the time. And we were like doing this workout with the class and I was doing these box jumps and it was only like, I don't know, like 10 or 15 low box jumps. And I remember just stopping and I just looked at the coach and I was like, I can't do this. He was like, what? Like what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just get like my body. It felt like, and a lot of you might know what I'm talking about." Where you're used to being an energetic, vibrant person, and then you literally feel like you're a stick in the mud. Like, I don't know. just It's just like, it happens quick. And that's a sign that your liver's not doing too hot. And I wasn't even able to live, leave the house without feeling incredibly defeated by fatigue. I remember like, if I went grocery shopping that day, that was all I could do for the day. Carrying in and cooking had to happen the next day. But interestingly enough, okay, so I had this, this is viral illness, right? For like five days. And then it led into like weeks of misery. But when I was sick, I was in survival mode, right? So I, and I couldn't eat like, oh my gosh, the thought of food made me want to hurl. So I remember I was only drinking coconut water for about a week because I was so sick to my stomach and I was terrified that all the sugar And the coconut water was going to blow me up like a balloon and make me like more autoimmune than ever. But it was the only thing I could keep down. I remember saying, can you just bring me like coconut water or juice? Here's what's interesting. My cystic acne, when I was sick, cleared up. And after recovering from illness, I went keto again. But when I went, got sick again, and I went back to the coconut water and juice, I started to feel more energy, even though I was sick. It was like the weirdest thing, but this was this gentle clue. My body had me thinking about. And I began to question like the right path for my journey ahead. I don't remember. So I'm talking about, you know, I had all these practitioners and experts and media and all this information that told me like what I was doing was supposed to make me better. And I was praying for another way. And it felt like this veil had been lifted off me. So, and I don't really remember the exact moment, but I was lying on the couch with this stupid flu thing fevering on and off. Your body has to be strong to have a fever. And it would take my body like several days to build up, to be able to have a fever, to get rid of it for the time being. And I knew my body just could not take it any longer. And I threw my hands up figuratively and literally and surrendered. I don't even remember ordering these books. I'm pretty sure I did. Could have been divine, but it probably was confusion from the fever. And a couple of days later, some books came in the mail that would change my life forever and my career forever. I mean, I can't imagine. I started to get an inkling that maybe I wanted would want to dabble into functional medicine as a nurse practitioner, but I didn't know that I would become like the black sheep of functional medicine like I am now, <laughs> which super proud to be, love it. I feel like I have the real heel that, that actually helps people. And I started leaning into the works of Anthony William and mastering diabetes by Cyrus and Robbie and Dr. Joel Furman, the gut health MD, and many other of the best kept secrets in the functional medicine healing industry. I will tell you these authors, they have great platforms that they've built and experts, but they are not promoted and published like they could be hmm, food for thought. So upon reading just like the first two pages of the thyroid healing book, I felt like the words were jumping off of the page at me and they were like resonating so deep within my soul and then I was like researching mastering diabetes and what they're saying about fruit and your liver and like all these things that happen in these byproducts when you're in keto and how it's like you know hurting your brain and creating this toxicity in your body it I was like oh my gosh I know this is what I'm feeling and I started to listen <laughs> and then I started to get a little bit better And I remember I collapsed onto the chair in church on Saturday evening in tears. And it was, they had this like special service at Summit Park that was like for healing. And it was like the only week that I was strong enough to go in a long time. And I I just wanted to be healed and live life again. I was so tired all the time. I had eczema, like I said, and I just, I wasn't myself. It was incredibly humiliating and defeating to say the least. And I was willing to do anything. Like I just wanted, I remember to, to take a selfie with my girlfriends again. No lie. Um, I would look back at like our pictures of going out. And I'm like, I could never do this. Like, wow, I used to have so much energy and I like to go out and country dance and do all these things or salsa dance. And like, I don't even want to do anything. I don't even want people to come over and I just remember that day that that service I like broke down crying and there was like an intercession of prayer around me and people laying hands on. And I knew so for those who believe in the power of prayer and healing and energy healing, like the spirit did something in me in that day. I didn't change right away, but it was just like, there was a little hope that was sparked. So between my long naps on the couch I felt like, you know, the spirit was like, Jen, but you're going to have to like do this. Like, I'm not just going to randomly, which can happen miraculously cure you seeing it happen. Actually, it's amazing. There's going to be some work involved. And so I dug hard into the literature. I was astounded at what I found. And I kept wondering, like, why isn't this evidence being talked about? Plant-based, high carb, low fat nutrition was healing people by the thousands, reversing malignancy in patients. And this stirred something deep within my being. And I became my first, my first patient, my first client. (laughs) So then there was a little bit of a, a turn of events. It took me several weeks to slowly transition several weeks. I remember like in the morning I would have my juice and I started adding apples and maybe a little fruit in my smoothie but still keep my collagen, which by the way, is like garbage. <laughs> it's not great if you're autoimmune or chronically ill and, or having digestive issues. But then at night I would be like, okay, but then I gotta be keto. Cause I gotta get like protein and fat and all this stuff. I was kind of one foot in and one foot out. And then finally, after months I completely transitioned and I finally, after years began to truly heal, I was undoing all of the damage that Keto and years of toxicity, co-infections had done in my body. I started to feel better. My digestive system, you know, was completely shot as my liver could barely produce enough bile to move even the lightest, most raw foods. It just was like, my gut was just like a a puddle of water instead of a, a river. My blood was thick. It was dirty. It was like sludgy. I remember if I had a blood draw, they're like, oh my gosh, your blood won't even come in the tube. I mean, that's chronic illness because I was eating high fat and the toxicity grew and grew and grew in my body with no way out because your liver, your blood's got to run through your liver and the liver helps filter out all this crap, right? And so for sludging up our blood with too much animal protein, you do not have to be a vegan. You do not. I am not, <laughs> but I can promise you we're eating way too much. Animal protein, way too much acidic foods, way too much oils, especially. I'm sure I'm going to say this a thousand times on this podcast, but you have three safe oils and they all come from round foods coconut, olive, and avocado. Those are the only kind of oils that should ever go in your body. Literally nothing else, not even grapeseed, not even sunflower, definitely not vegetable, definitely not peanut. These oils oxidize in the body and are rancid and create a lot of problems. Okay. So I started juicing. I was eating whole foods, plant-based. My eczema actually got worse. I talk about this a lot. And then it got a lot better. And it was like years of toxicity and months of the keto diet, blocking it in finally began to leave my body. And the more natural glucose I consumed, the better my blood sugars became. And my insulin resistance, I was pre-diabetic at 25, dissipated, gone. Furthermore, my hormones balanced, my energy began to skyrocket. And with one within a year, I was a completely new person. Friends and family asked me what happened to me, how I did it. They're like, you just kind of fell off. And I was like, that's true. Let me tell you about where I've been. People started calling me on the phone, asking me for advice. I wasn't, I was always an entrepreneur mind, but I didn't have the self-worth to realize that like, this could be a service or a business. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting all these calls. I'm just going to create a blog and people can Let me, let me be on Saturday nights, um, and go read this information blog turned into a business, a podcast. Here we are. And I healed and I, I believed in the bio individuality for every person and their nutrition. And it started working when I was helping people. And I can guarantee you a plant-based whole foods nutrition, not skimping on the fruit and natural glucose will bring healing to every single body and it can be personalized. So talking about glucose, inadequate glucose, most of us don't get enough glucose in our nutrition. So let's break down what happens in the body when we are not adequately and taking healing sources of glucose. I'm not talking about cakes and candy and lollipops and gun drops and all the sugary processed things, but rather fruits, all kinds of potatoes, sweet, red, white, gold, all of it. Squash, raw honey, pure maple syrup, dates, even well, um, well-cured raisins that don't have additives. All of these foods are incredible for your body. Yes. Even you diabetics type one and type two, I'm going to get to that. I promise. Remember back in high school biology, when we learned about everyone's like, no, no, I don't. I was way too busy, passing notes, writing my crush's name on the desk, looking at my teacher and wondering how the heck she's kept her job for the last 10 years um filling out they would give us like like the homework was these worksheets that you could find word for word in the book and you just had to fill in the blank anyways we did learn this if you weren't paying attention neither was i but i do remember this part and then it showed up again in college so even if you have no idea what i'm talking about we learned about cellular human biology and just know this the body's preferred source of fuel is glucose the cell, your body is a body and then it's organ systems and then it's organs and then it's tissues and it's cells. And then it's like protons, neutrons, electrons, and then quarks. Okay. I'm going to stop there, but your cells, you're made out of cells, right? Those cells love glucose. The cells powerhouse, the mitochondria, it's this tiny little organelle inside of the cell that like, is this really awesome. Imagine like that girl at the gym, that's always like lifting on the weights and running on the treadmill. And she's always got so much energy that's your mitochondria. They make ATP, which is like your body's fuel source from glucose. So if you imagine that, imagine your car is your body and gasoline is ATP. And then what fossil fuels? Oh my gosh. I'm going to sound like, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know how this breaks down. So all of those people who are involved in this industry, please write me and tell me how I don't know. Um, but okay. So like, your body is the car, and then your <clears throat> your body is the car. ATP is the gasoline. But like, what makes ATP? What makes gasoline? Glucose, fossil fuels, something like that, right? So, what happens if someone is on a keto or carnivore diet and they do not consume glucose or carbohydrates other than green vegetables, which don't even begin to scratch the surface of adequate glucose consumption? So, if you think your vegetables, like your broccoli and spinach, are carbs, just count them neutral when we don't ingest adequate glucose for our bodies, a process called gluconeogenesis takes place in the liver. So gluco, sugar, neo, new, genesis, make, making new sugar. This happens in the liver. What's important about this process is to know that the liver will take the chicken breast and coconut oil you just consumed with that little bit of broccoli, which is technically carbs. Remember by the time those are ingested in Can like processed, you don't get much out of them. So it's going to take the meat and vegetable you just ate and convert that fat and protein macronutrients from this meal into a usable form of glucose for the cells. This gluconeogenesis process takes, again, takes place in the liver and for every one molecule of glucose, this is the most important thing. So your body's like, okay, meat, veggie, come here. I'm going to make sugar. For your body to use, this is happening in the liver. Most important thing when you don't eat enough carbs, your body does gluconeogenesis. It makes its own glucose so it can make ATP and give you energy. But there's a byproduct for every one molecule of glucose the cellular process produces, we also receive two molecules of cortisol in ratio in return, right? So think about that for a moment. You're thinking you're doing it. All right. You're on the keto. You're eating all the things, but you're not eating carbohydrates. So your body's like, all right, liver's got enough stuff to do. The liver is the most unrecognized organ in the body. It's like trying to keep you safe from heavy metals and viruses and all this crap It's trying to process out your food. And then it's like, Oh, now I have to make sugar. All right but this process has a byproduct, and it's cortisol. So why is that important? Point blank. If you're not receiving adequate glucose, you are stressing the liver and increasing cortisol production and a chronically ill or chronically inflamed body. That is like throwing gasoline on a fire. It's going to make everything worse. So your natural sources of glucose, fruit, potatoes, and squash, raw honey, maple syrup, dates, et cetera. Check out the blog. I have a list. This understanding gluconeogenesis and why it's not so sexy is critically important for all chronic illness warriors who already have an overburdened liver due to toxicity in the body, chronic infections. If you have a symptom, you have inflammation, you probably have a chronic infection. A stronger, healthier person such as a CrossFit athlete can experience positive side effects from a keto diet for a relatively long while, but eventually everyone will begin to develop a fatty or pre-fatty liver. And from there experience a cascade of hormone and chronic toxicity complications. I promise. So if you're, I promise you, if you're avoiding healing forms of glucose, this will not bring you the return on investment and the right vitalization and robust health you're searching for long-term. I've been there. I've done that. I know it. So why does keto get all the praise? And why do some people see fantastic results? Let's look at it this way. If you take someone from like a quick trip and I worked with this truck driver, he will always stay in my mind. He ate like quick trip and McDonald's and he was like, well, I started feeling great. I was eating keto. I was eating meat and green vegetables. He felt so much better and he lost a ton of weight. So surely keto can be a stepping stone in your nutritional healing protocol But long term, it is not sustainable for vital organ health. Medically, the ketogenic diet is only indicated short term for the epileptic or seizing patients. And long term, it wreaks havoc on your liver, your digestive system, and cardiac function. I promise you, it's not the bananas, it's not the sweet potatoes, it's not the honey you're consuming in your diet that is causing your high blood sugar and hormone imbalance. It's instead the nut butters, the abundance of animal protein, protein shakes. And I promise you, you do not need supplemental protein. Like I I will do a whole nother episode on protein, but you're getting enough. If you're eating fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, add in some gluten-free grains, add in a little bit of beans, you're going to get enough, even a tiny bit of nuts. And this high fat, high protein nonsense we're led to believe is left to examine like for our dysfunction. It's all the time people I see for chronic illness. So hear me out. I'm not demonizing any of these foods. You can have meat. You can have fats. You can do, you can have all those foods they are actually really beautiful, but they're not in proportion. And we're being given misinformation. They're just not conducive in large amounts to your healing. So when you're chronically ill or you have symptoms, remember I landed (laughs) bedridden sick because I thought I'm not that bad. And this little symptom. I will be fine. I will just push through your body's talking to you and she's not, or he's not going to stop until you look at the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual root causes of your, of why you're feeling that way. And it will not be just physical and you can go completely the antithesis of keto. You can be like the best nutrition in the world. And if your energy field and old trauma and emotion stored in your body, You don't have a somatic practice and a way to work through them and a spiritual relationship that is beyond religion, a spiritual relationship that lights you up and makes you feel connected. Healing can't happen. So as you hear me get on my soapbox about keto, remember it's so much more than the food, but the food is where it starts to create vital energy in the body. So when we're chronically inflamed, not feeling well, There's something we must do to heal the body. We must thin and oxygenate the blood. Pathogens, toxicity, this cannot survive in the body and will be detoxified by the body when the blood is thin, hydrated, and oxygen-rich. So how do you do this? Lots of raw living plants and less of the foods that are going to slow down your GI and thicken your blood. When you have impaired thyroid function and a high toxic load, your hydrochloric acid production, as well as your bile, are both low, right? So like things that are really heavy, like a steak made in butter, as delicious as it is, and eggs for a meal, like that's gonna be really a lot of work for your gut to move through versus something like a steamed sweet potato with some berries and raw or steamed broccoli, right? That's gonna move through really nicely. So food will not move through at the rate it should if your liver and your thyroid and all of your organs aren't working as as they should. You're going to feel like garbage if you don't have thin and oxygenated blood and you don't have a a really strong, effective liver. And I promise you, if your liver is doing gluconeogenesis all the time, because you're low carb, it's not going to be the strongest. So a healing nutritional therapy approach can look different for every person, depending on their gender, age, activity level, chronic illness history. Some people heal really quick with really minimal steps. Some people need a longer, uh, more in-depth approach. But again, modifying your nutrition and avoiding the keto diet will lead to abundant health in every single body, I'm convinced. And this doesn't mean you have to give up meat or never ever ever have your beloved crunchy peanut butter. Hey, yo, that's my favorite. Um, okay. <laughs> almond butter is a little bit better for you, honestly. What this means is quite possibly the mainstream nutritional biases we're led to believe are complete crap for your health and only holding you back as you better believe our ancestors did not grow up on a carnivore or ketogenic diet. Sure. In the winter months and cold climates, fresh produce was not available and they may have had to survive on meat, but they did not thrive on this. The spring, summer, and fall months brought them living foods, abundant sunshine and fresh honey, which is miraculous glucose medicine. So you can keep the nut butters. And what I was saying about the the peanut butter, peanut butter. I mean, if you look at the label, half the time it's got like palm oil and sugar in it. If it doesn't have that, you know, peanuts, they, a lot of times they have high mold content. Your, your gut doesn't break down peanuts in a great way. A lot of people who have not had peanut butter for a while notice they actually start to get a little bit of a stomach ache with it. And um, so I always recommend like an almond or another like substitute of a nut butter that cause peanuts are actually legumes um, and they're not nuts. So they, some bodies have a little bit harder time. Anyways, back to the point, why are we taught to fear the sugar that will heal us and instilled with the belief that what we need is that extra amount of protein at every meal. And then that's what's going to heal us agenda. Maybe does our healthcare system really have our best interest in mind? What about their government and big pharma? What do they have to do with this? So just think of like subsidies of the government, right? Think of dairy, think of gluten, think of meat, think of the way the meat's produced, think of another really big industry, the supplement industry, the protein industry. Yeah. This just creates the biggest pet peeve in the entire world of functional medicine for me is the misinformation about nutrition, especially if you've ever been told to avoid fruit. If you're trying to resolve chronic conditions, such as candida overgrowth, hyperinsulinemia, hyperglycemia, gut dysbiosis, you've most likely heard that you should avoid sugars, including fruit. Let me rewrite that myth for you today. That is a common misconception in the wellness space. We are told to avoid fruit because the sugars are bad and will feed pathogens in our gut and spike our blood sugar. When in reality, this could not be further from the truth. How do I know? Because the sickest I've ever been and the sickest I ever see people is when we avoid fruit because of the sugar. The healthiest I've ever felt, the healthiest I ever see people that consume fruitarian diets, they are fruit at every meal, they're high amounts of fruit. And no, not just tomatoes or cucumbers. I see so many I work with who have struggled with their health, see really no progress at all why they were avoiding fruit. It's really sad. but they bring the fruit back in and they start to heal and feel good again. So if you're struggling with your gut health, blood sugars, or quality of life, your diet is most likely out of alignment with what your body needs to heal, right? And our our brain, because it's wired for survival, is like mm, oils, salt, processed things, yummy, lots of calories. But in nature, those things aren't readily available. Whole foods are the fast food, in our most in our most natural state, so to heal, your body needs an abundance of living foods, with the majority being raw fruits. What is actually wreaking havoc in your gut is the amount of over fats, oils, egg yolks, nut butters, meats, and animal products that we're led to believe we need to consume daily at every meal in high amounts. So, if you're chronically ill, your liver is weak. Chances are your thyroid is too. So that means hydrochloric acid, bile production, it's suboptimal and foods are moving through those through your intestines, really slow feeding the bacteria, mold, fungus, yeast. That's the problem. The fruit just comes in and, and like displays this problem. Cause the fruit is like blasting out strep and yeast and healing your gut. Meanwhile, when you're eating, you know, lots of, of those heavier foods, eating keto, things are rotting in your gut. It's, it's disgusting. And that's why you feel disgusting, right? So another note on the blood sugars, I want to speak to blood sugars and diabetes for a second. So even if you don't have diabetes, you have blood sugars and they're important for everything uh, from inflammation to hormones in your body. So when you eat an apple and peanut butter and your blood sugar spikes, the same thing happens. We think this misinformation piece, Oh, that dang piece of fruit. I need to just have the peanut butter, not the apple or, oh, that that dang sweet potato, I need to just have the steak and not the potato. When in reality, the fat molecules from the peanut butter or the steak need to be converted to fuel from glucose to ATP. They need to be processed before they're a bigger molecule. It sits on top of the cell and that fat protein molecule has to be processed and enter the cell before glucose can enter the cell. And in that lag time, you experience the high blood sugar. Think of the childhood board game, hungry, hungry hippos. So if you're playing with the white marbles, which is glucose, the hippos are the cell, the The white marbles are going in the center of the game and they're flowing into the hippo and they're coming out. And this is nice blood sugar. But if I put ping pong balls, which is like oil and, um, or meat and tennis balls, which is like keto products, food products in that game, those hippos mouths would be lodged open and stuck until, and all those white marbles would be accumulating in the center of the game in the bloodstream until someone processed the fatter protein, which is the ping pong or the tennis ball. Makes sense. So when you're eating and rewind that, if you need to hear it again, when you're eating a banana and peanut butter or steak and potatoes, it's not the carbohydrates, the fat and the protein blocking the entrance of glucose into the cell Is what's creating the high blood sugar, right? So we're pointing the finger at the wrong thing. And we are confusing the symptom with the disease. We are confusing the symptom, high blood sugars, with the disease, carbohydrate intolerance. We must heal the disease to rid the symptom. Keto makes underlying disease worse, more and more intolerant to carbs, the longer we're on keto, more and more fatty liver and inflammation builds. One study, and I'm going to link studies here in the show notes, found higher circulating glucose concentrations in diabetics when the serum or the blood sample was preceded by a high-fat, low-carbohydrate evening meal than when preceded by a low-fat, high-carbohydrate. Sorry, I think I said that wrong. (laughs) So the, let me make it really simple. A study found that there were higher circulating glucose concentrations when diabetics, before they got their blood drawn the night before. They had a high fat, low carb meal. Then when they had a low fat, high carbohydrate meal, I said it right. This means when when diabetics had steak and eggs and oily potatoes the night before they got their blood drawn, their blood glucose was elevated the morning after versus the study counterparts that consumed a low fat, low animal protein meal, such as a vegetable chili or a veggie spaghetti with very little oil. pretty fascinating. A keto diet, not only band-aids over the symptoms, but fuels the disease fire. This is magnified in diabetics of those with poor liver function. However, a keto diet long-term will burden the liver and allow disease to introduce into the body because a strong liver, you're going to be pumping out, getting rid of toxins, pathogens, all of that. So treating diabetes, weight gain, or any condition in the body with a keto diet is like amputating your whole hand to get rid of a bleeding finger from a paper cut. It literally makes no scientific sense. Or treating blood sugars, inflammatory conditions in the body with a keto diet is like if a business owner keeps borrowing money to make their bank account look better, but in reality, they're going further and further into debt without cash flow. So counter arguments will claim that a keto diet can wean diabetics off their medication, but that is like saying, I can get you out of your wheelchair. If I only make you lay in bed all day, all of your life, you don't need a wheelchair. If you don't walk and that will contribute to its own host of problems. So sure you don't need insulin. If you don't consume carbs, but news flash, the human cell operates off of carbohydrates. Your body wants carbs, need carbs, and can heal to handle carbs. I promise. Again, this is not just for diabetes. Diabetes is an inflammatory condition in type two and an autoimmune viral condition in type one. These both lead to inflammation. So how do we heal inflammation? We thin and oxygenate the blood so the body can cleanse through the liver, but if the liver is wrapped up with a high fat, high protein diet, making glucose. So the cells can have ATP cleansing all the blood healing struggles to happen. And so did you know that keto breath tests detect acetone? Acetone can oxidize to acetal, which is a precursor to glycotoxin AGE, which just means advanced glycation end products. And these get in high levels in the body and that leads to Alzheimer's, heart attacks, inflammatory conditions, keto, carnivore, all of it is not ideal for you long-term. I promise Individualized nutritional therapy plays a key role in finding the right timing and balance of macronutrients and micronutrients for your body. That's what I love doing most, teaching people, teaching you all in this community, how to use everyday foods to heal your body, how to go to the store and literally pick up bags of medicine or teach you when you go to the store and you're picking up bags of disease, you don't have to do that anymore. This is, these are foods you're already consuming bring in more of the healing foods omitting the foods or limiting the foods that are keeping your bodies from healing. So if you're struggling, bottom line, eat more fruit. That's like literally if we could have made this podcast like 30 seconds, to eat more fruit. That's it. Swap out the protein shakes, the bacon, the eggs, high amounts of meat, the protein bars, all the nuts. You can keep some of them and just bring in a simple fruit salad make a greens and fruit smoothie, a sweet potato and apple bake in the morning. You will be amazed at the results you experience when you begin to find the specific nutritional therapy approach your body needs. I promise you inflammatory conditions, autoimmune, diabetes, type two, diabetes type one can be improved. All these things can be healed. Diabetes type one, we can drastically change your hemoglobin A1Cs. We can drastically change your inflammation. We can drastically change your risk factors. Oh my gosh. I promise you, you're not being taught what you need by mainstream medicine. And it's like pretty annoying. I get it from a a client perspective that you would have to pay out of pocket or with your HSA to come see us in functional medicine, but it's, that's where we're at because the system, if you're, If that's where you're at, you're going to get the systems products and the system products. I think you're listening to this because you realize I'm not getting what I need from the current medical system and it stinks. You have to pay out of pocket, right? But I want you to know when you start to invest your time, your energy, your money, your resources in other ways, you're going to get the results you're looking for. So below in the show notes, a few links for scientific literature you can delve into. You can also find on my blog, middaypigeon.com, two important blog posts on keto, my keto rec story, fruit fear to guide you along your healing journey and your vital organ health. And the future of your chronic illness depends on your food. So if you're thinking about going keto or even low carb, I want you to strongly consider the biases you've been consuming. Who's been in your head. And if you're just have questions you're so dang confused you don't even know where to start head over to my website inspirehealthbygen.com get in touch I would love to help guide you on your way towards abundant health and vitality beyond your wildest dreams thank you so much for taking the time your time to invest in this podcast hearing this message share it with a friend subscribe leave a review and remember your body can heal your body your life you're reaching for it starts literally like what you put in your mouth the thoughts that you allow in your mind the information you're taking in what we consume we become and i'm glad you were here today with me hey real quick before you go Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the inspire health by Jen podcast. If you could do one thing for me and leave a review on either Apple or both Apple and Spotify podcasts, five stars tell others about how this message is reaching you and serving you. Be sure to check out the show note links middaybidgin.com for my blog and inspirehealthbyjen.com on my websites where you can subscribe and receive free content, newsletters, bonuses, and podcast drop dates right into your inbox.